Welcome to Material Focus, a podcast created and produced by PSI and Primaflex Prime Certified Plastic Resins. Join us as we discuss matters specific to plastics and processing, as well as other community and human interest topics. Welcome to the first episode of the Material Focus podcast, a production of Plastic Solutions, Inc. and Primaflex. The purpose of this podcast is to discuss pertinent information, news in the plastic world, and human interest stories that intersect with plastic. With me today is Richard Hughes, Paul Dumanil, Gary Rospert, and Brad Morgan. To kick off the show, let's get to know the team. So, Richard, let's start with you. Uh, how did you get here? How did you begin your career in plastics and what led you to this moment? Uh, it started in 1973. Um, I, I was, in essence, almost born into it because my, my parents were in it. Um, so it's been a, a, a lifetime journey for me. And um, I took a brief hiatus in the late 90s and then came back in uh, actually in 99 um, uh, into the family business, uh, small regional distributor of prime resins and then uh, we eventually merged with plastic solutions which was a, a beautiful thing because we both brought two different uh, aspects to the business with with very minimal customer overlap so it was a, a nice combination of off-grade and prime that came together on april 1st of 2006. april fool's day I always tell people when they're uh, launching a brand, they shouldn't uh, ever launch it on April 1st because people might think they're kidding. Just <laughs> so kidding. What's that? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I'm curious, what were you, uh, what was the hiatus for? What, did, what were you doing when you, uh, when you left plastics for a brief time? Um, well, part of it was going to college. And the other part was my dad told me that he would not hire me until I worked for two years in a very large bureaucracy. So I went to work for Wells Fargo Bank in San Francisco, California. Uh, my sister was living there at the time, so it, it just made sense. And almost pretty much worked uh, two years to the day uh, to get that request taken care of of my, my dad. And then I went to UMass Lowell and studied plastics engineering and then came back into the business in January of 99. So it runs in your blood. Yes. Yeah. Resin royalty. Don't think I would go that far. <laughs> Lord of Lattimore. <laughs> yes, Lord of Lattimore. Well, great. Well, uh, uh, thank you so much for filling us in. Paul, let's move on to you. How did you begin your career in plastics and what brought you here? Unlike Richard, uh, it was not a family business situation. Uh, even though my brother-in-law, uh, my sister's husband, worked for Monsanto at the time. And he was, uh, we were talking, he said, there, well, Monsanto's looking for some sellers. So I said, sure, I'll, uh, I'll interview. I did not have a chemical engineering background, which is the way the chemical companies would like to recruit from. I had a business uh, slash accounting degree, but uh, was able to uh, hire on as a sales trainee. And Monsanto, this is back in the early 80s, had a phenomenal training program that took uh, you know close to six months to get you 
up to speed with selling skills, uh, product knowledge. So they did a good job uh, educating me and giving me the tools to go out into the New York, New Jersey area and start selling. At the time, Monsanto was into almost every petrochemical you can think of. Besides, they had sold their polyethylene business, but they had poly, polystyrene, ABS, SAN. They even developed a, uh, a, a TPE called Santaprene. Uh, I was the, the first seller on the in that territory that, that handled Santaprene. So did that for a few years. Uh, joined uh, Huntsman Chemical, uh, founded by John Huntsman. And, uh, and the rest, so to speak, is history. Um, hooked up uh, with uh, Richard and his dad in 2000. And uh, that, was a, uh, that was a wonderful fit. They, uh, they, they trusted me to come on board and, uh, and uh, we developed their business and my business and basically doubled it in less than a year. And, uh, and uh, we were off and running. It was nice. And then like Richard stated uh, earlier, uh, we got to know Brad and, and the people at PSI and one thing led to the no another and here we are. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, been, it's been 20 years for, for Richard and myself on our journey. And now, uh, now it's been 14 years. So uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty cool. And a couple of years ago, I don't know, Gary, how long ago did you come on board? Three years ago. Three years ago, we brought Gary on to just complement what we already had. And he's he's been, you know, the three of us, Richard, I, and Brad, has said that's the best hire that we've ever made. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a nice journey. Uh, I'm kind of the the older guy of the group. I have no plans to... to uh, get on the dock here and fish a little bit, but, uh, I, you know, I plan on, you know, working as long as, uh, Brad and Gary and Richard will tolerate me. So it's, uh, it's a nice, it's a, it, it's a great atmosphere. It's, uh, you know, there's no egos, um, uh, and, uh, no bureaucracy for the most part. And, uh, we continue to grow. So it's, uh, it's a great journey. That's great. Thank you for sharing. I was curious, uh, you know, with just, just your career being in sales, do you feel like you're passionate about sales or passionate about selling plastic? You know, is there, is there a correlation there? Or do you feel like you can kind of sell anything? Do you think that's yes. your personality type? Yeah. 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 Uh, obviously sales is, uh, is uh, second nature. Uh, I think one of my attributes and I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn, but I kind of network uh, I'm a pretty big network guy in business and personally, and I think that really has helped <clears throat> help me and help Plastic Solutions. Uh, as you as you well know, we're 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 out there in, in the social media uh, marketplace. Thanks to Brad and his uh, you know his uh, ideas, thinking outside the box and. But yeah, selling plastics is, uh, you know, I always get kid, you know, kidded by my, uh, by my four boys and my wife, you know, they'll, I'm known as big guy and they're, oh, he's big guys in there moving rail cars. And every time we get together, uh, you know, the kids will joke, oh, you got a day dad, you got a polypropylene, you got a homopolymer or, you know, this, I'm like, yeah. So unlike, unlike the Hughes family, 
the four Duminel boys are not getting into this business, but they, they've got their own careers and they're successful in that. But, uh, but yeah, to answer your question, sales and, uh, and obviously selling classics, it's, it's second nature. Yeah. I got to share this. So Paul is, is the only guy I know that he and I could fly to Billings, Montana. And from the time we get off the plane at the gate and get the baggage claim, he's going to know two or three people in the airport. Right? He, the only guy I know, I mean, it's unbelievable anywhere you go. It's, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy that, uh, yeah, some of the remote places you just run into people that you uh, know or, you you know, there's some intertwining going on that you'll burrow down to someone that you both know type of thing. but. You know, I think it's networking. I think that's I think that's my basic, biggest uh, success uh, that I can contribute or point well, my success to. There's a you'll ever read the book uh, Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell. No, I have not. I'm going to write no. it down. Big, big uh, business kind of uh, sociology book, probably about 20 years ago at this point. But uh, he talks about connectors and uh, it's it's interesting, you know, and it's a, it's a very simplistic breakdown of how things become popular and how things are uh, become mainstream and whatnot. And, and the, one of the biggest ones is connectors. You know, uh, they grab hold of an idea and they can carry it to the masses because they are so connected. They know somebody in Billings, Montana or you know, anywhere you go, they, they know a couple of people. So always great to have somebody like that on your team who can spread the word about whatever it is that uh, your company is selling, whether it's plastic or anything else. So, well, thanks for sharing, Paul. So, so Gary, you've, um, you've been with PSI three years now. So how long have you been in the plastics world and how'd you get hooked up with these guys? Uh, ironically, I started in the steel industry. Uh, being a machinist, uh, steel conduit. Uh, way back in 1991, I decided that the plastics industry sounded kind of sexy compared to steel and the differences. So uh, I had an opportunity to go to a big public company. Uh, started working on the technical side when I was brought in. Um, started to learn about compounding, physical testing of plastics. Uh, worked on product development, application development. Uh, enjoyed what I was doing at the time, had opportunities to grow in the industry, uh, moved up into uh, product management, uh, learned how to buy and sell, uh, cut my teeth a little bit uh, through the, in, uh, the company itself and the industry. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I was there a pretty long time. And three years ago, I said, it's time to go. Uh, acquisitions. Uh, the environment was changing. Uh, business was about uh, taking care of shareholders. Uh, some things that uh, are important, but uh, I always thought that customers, suppliers, uh, employees were very important. So three years ago, uh, I met up with Brad. I already knew Paul and Richard through a, a transactional activity that we did probably for 10, 12 years. And uh they sold me on PSI, our plastic solutions at the time, uh, but we're PSI now. And uh, I thought it was time to go private and uh, hook up with these three guys and a great team at PSI. And uh, the business strategy, the culture was a great fit for me, where I wanted to go and uh, further in my career. 
So came on board, um, was able to uh, stay with a lot of the customers I had, those relationships. Uh, supply relationships came right on board with it. So everything was a great fit. And uh, now we're in a environment, like Paul said, of uh, growth. And uh, we're just enjoying the ride. Um, it's been a rough year. Uh, a lot of changes. Uh, you know, I don't have to mention COVID. Everybody knows what's going on. But, uh, you know, the best thing about it, being a, a team atmosphere, able to make decisions. Uh, I think we did a great job taking care of our customer base and also, uh, you know, working with our suppliers because they went through tough times, too. So it's been a win win. And uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and I'm going to ride the train as long as possible. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. I've just through marketing efforts, have spoken to a lot of uh, the team from PSI, and you know, not just everybody on this call, but uh, deeper, and even running different uh, questionnaires and surveys for marketing purposes. And that's the the one thing that's very resounding is just the the culture. You know, just the the family feel, the the lack of bureaucracy and um, just the ability to be able to get things done and to have fun while doing it. And that, that's, that's, that's huge, man. I think, I think no matter what industry you're in, everybody's looking for that. Right. Right. Uh, well, and you know, what's great about this team is the, the ability to make decisions. Uh, you don't have a bunch of layers. Uh, you know who to go to, to get answers. Uh, we're focused on our employees. We're focused on our customers. And if you don't have customers, we don't have anything to do all day. So, um, you know, we're really focused on our customer base. And, you know, my expertise is probably application development and my technical side. And it's just great working with customers and suppliers and connecting the dots. And that's what we do. We find solutions for people. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, that brings up a good point. So, you know, talking about your focus on customers and, you know, you had mentioned, uh, you know, just this uh, COVID-19, obviously, everybody has been experiencing that. But um, Brad, I'm just curious with you, you know, how did COVID-19, um, how did that impact PSI and and how did you, how did you all as a whole navigate the whole pandemic? That's an interesting comment. You know, it certainly changed the world. Uh, just a new way of doing almost everything and things that we now considered normal, good grief, anyone that went to sleep for 12 months and woke up today, the sign, the signage alone would blow you away. If they had to read a sentence, what does this mean? Stay six feet away from someone else? Um, certainly, certainly dramatic changes about, but, you know, interestingly enough, we were a remote organization ahead of COVID. So in terms of, you know, not going to offices anymore, not getting on the subway, you know, we have competitors that, that you know, work in cities and things. And their massive offices had to shut down and they had no remote capabilities. So we're really lucky, you know, in terms of being a, a remote organization ahead of COVID. Uh, we, we're underpinned by one of the top uh, IT companies in Atlanta and uh, AITS. And they just do an amazing job in terms of, of putting us all in the same room, so to speak, and then putting us in the room with our customers and with our suppliers. Um, so I'm not going to tell you that COVID didn't change, change our business. We certainly became very externally focused during COVID. Uh, it's, it's easy to get internally focused when changes come along. And so what does that do? How does that affect me? But I, I think where this team did a great job of saying, how does it affect our customer base? How does it affect the business of our customers? And what can we do to focus on their needs? So we became very externally focused. And, and uh, 
it's been healthy for us. We've learned a lot. And, and it just reminds us that no matter what's going on in the world, you have to be nimble and you have to be ready for change. And, and if you embrace it and realize that good change is good, that's a line we used to use in, in the business segment I was in at one point in time was, you know, don't just change for change sake, but change to improve. And uh, that's kind of how we took COVID and, and took the charge. It's been interesting just to see how different industries have addressed COVID, you know, and there's people that were just very early adopters. And like you said, nimble, they were fast to make changes and they were quick. And, and uh, I still, and there's obviously plenty of businesses and industries that are still struggling, you know, because they didn't really set up that model. So it's interesting to see how um, it's going to be interesting to see how different businesses and industries change over the next few years to be able to address issues that, just happen overnight pretty much. And, you know, you don't know how long it's going to last for. I remember when this first started, we thought, you know, hey, we, didn't we all think maybe a couple of weeks? And uh, here we are over a year later and hopefully see the light at the end of the tunnel. So, well, where do you all see uh, PSI going? You know, we're, what, we're April 2021 right now, not to date us, but uh, spring of 2021, where do you all see, you know, wrapping up the year, you know, and, and going into 2022 and the future and beyond? Um, we're going to continue to do a lot of the same things we're doing now. We focused on niche businesses that we can bring value. And we learned a long time ago that if, if you're not bringing value to a situation, you're probably just in interruption in supply chain. Uh, so we're going to keep focusing on what's working for us. We're going to do more of more of the things that do work. Uh, we've got some fantastic new contracts to the business. Some are onboarded already this year. Some are coming on board. It's giving us uh, much more leverage on the supply side because we're consolidating that demand and bringing our purchasing power to the customers. And again, that being the value we're bringing. Uh, we're going to hope for some continued economic recovery. We, we see some sectors that are doing quite well out there. Others, not so much. Uh, fortunately, the majority of our sectors are doing pretty well. So again, you know, focus is the key. Uh, remain nimble and, and, and focused because um, got to pay attention that the world's going to, the world's learned a lot. I don't think there's personally, I don't think there's going to be a mad rush back to office space. I, I think commercial office space is going to be a massive surplus because I, I think a lot of businesses that were hesitant to embrace remote working uh, learned through COVID that it's possible. And in some cases actually more efficient. Uh, so we have to think about how we interact with our customer base in the future versus Certainly in the past, it's already changed. You know, you go through a period where you don't get the face-to-face -face interaction. So you use tools like Zoom, you're using video conferencing and, and you use social media to get your, your messages out. So you change the way you do things. But once again, we have to remain externally focused on the customer base and um, listen to what they're saying, listen to what their needs are. And, and if, if you know, when the opportunity to do the face-to-face -face, uh, meetings uh, increases, you take advantage of it. When it's not, you stay in touch electronically and you, you make sure that you, your ears are bigger than your mouth. Find out what the customer's needs are and service those needs. So, you know, where are we headed? I, I don't know. We're hoping for continued economic recovery. We're going to continue to do what seems to work for us, which is focus on the needs of our customers and partner with the right suppliers. Yeah, it's interesting when you think about adding value, you know, it almost kind of at this point for a lot of companies, it just sounds kind of like a buzzword, but if you're always adding value and providing, you know, in your all's case, plastic solutions, you know, you are, you'll always stay relevant. You know, if you're always listening to the customer, like you said, so I think that's uh, 
a lot of times a lot of businesses don't know where to go. But if you're just listening to the customer, they're they're telling you where to go. So Brad, why don't you fill us in uh, with how you got involved in plastics and you know how did you start PSI and how did you end up where you are today? That's a, that's a good one. That's open ended. Um, it, it's funny. I, I learned something from from Richard today when he talked about seniors' comment about two years in a in a bureaucracy filled world was a, a prerequisite to coming into the business. Um, I learned, I started in corporate America as well. And I worked for two private equity groups for uh, over just over 15 years. And um, what I learned from that is I had a, a great mentor who was an ex um, GE guy. And he learned from arguably one of the best managers out there at the time that taking layers out of organizations and getting bureaucracy out of the way would make for a much more efficient organization. So I was, I was trained to, to de-layer and, and eliminate what I like to call make-believe work. And so I, I told myself through those many years in, in the corporate world, if I ever get the opportunity to help build a company, I want to build one that lacks the bureaucracy that you can get things done and people know where to go to get things done. And you don't have to have a board meeting to make decisions. So uh, senior's a smart man. I've always said that. And, uh, it, you know, just a wonderful human being. And, and there's a great example of why he built such a wonderful business. And Malin was also understanding that you can learn from these uh, very slow, huge ships that are so slow to turn because of the bureaucracy that having a nimble organization and a nimble approach to what you're doing will differentiate you as a business. So, um, but again, two private equity groups, and no, it's not the Richard Gere, pretty woman, uh, private equity, like you see in the movies. We weren't a bunch of number crunchers. We were operators. Uh, the chairman of my first private equity group that I was with for just over 13 years said, uh, uh, you can get involved in our company, but you're going to have to run one first. So, um, we, we were operators, unlike what the conventional um, nomenclature suggests, is that they you, most people don't spend millions and millions of dollars for a company and burst it into pieces. So that that all that's movie, movies and make-believe. Uh, the reality, if you spend a lot of money for a company, you like what they're doing, A, and B, you think there's value that you can bring to it to help take it to the next level. And that's what we try to do as operators. So I was involved, like Gary, of starting in metals. Um, I was a consumer of vast amounts of steel and aluminum for many, many years in metal stampings uh, and cutting tools and uh, edged my way into plastics as we had some, um, some injection molders and some inset, uh, insert molding and mold over metal applications with various component manufacturing and uh, got involved in plastics. So I've always been a consumer of basic materials and uh, an opportunity came for me to jump out of corporate America and uh, we started at PSI, me and a partner and two briefcases and two cell phones. And I had a lot to learn. Didn't know very, still don't know very much about this business. That's the beauty of having this team around me here is these guys have forgotten more about plastics than I'll ever know. And uh, I like to think, I hope I bring some commercial acumen to the business because I've been involved in a, a number of this, uh, different businesses uh, in, in leadership and in positions to help grow and help provide strategy and direction. So that, that's my passion is, uh, is, is how do you create a business model that's efficient and brings value to the marketplace? So it gets me out of bed every day and gets me excited for what's going on and uh, and uh, just just a little bit. So PSI was uh, August 2002, met Paul in 2003 or four. met Richard a month or two later. And uh, as Richard pointed out earlier in the episode, we, uh, uh, we, we joined forces April 1, 2006. No April Fool. It was not a joke. And uh, it's been a wonderful ride for uh, 15 years. Good grief. And uh, just... You know, it seems like forever, and then all, and then on, on the other hand, it seems like a day. So um, I guess that's a, a pretty pretty good marriage, so to speak. I think it's cool that you know you're doing what you're passionate about, and 
all of you seem to be very passionate about plastic and PSI and what you do, and then have such a great team and family to uh, be able to go out there and add value and win together. So really can't ask for much more than that, right? Make it fun. Make it fun and it's not work. Yeah, definitely. Well, guys, I appreciate you sharing your backstory and how you ended up with PSI and how you got involved in plastics. And uh, I think we did a great job on our first episode. What do you all think? Yeah, a lot of thumbs up, a lot of thumbs up. So thank you for listening to the first episode of Material Focus, a production of Plastic Solutions, Inc. and Primaflex. And if you liked what we were talking about today and you want to get into some more fun and interesting topics, please subscribe to the show and stay tuned for future episodes. We won't be talking about ourselves on every episode. Thanks for listening.